real estate or ATM machines or other investments where they offer depreciation, which means the cost of a house, at least in the US, you can depreciate over 27 and a half years. There's some ways you can bring it forward to where you get this big tax write-off. Welcome to Super Entrepreneurs Podcast. I'm your host, Shahid Durrani. Today we have with us Brunson Hill. He's a managing member of Brunson Equity. Brunson is a general partner in 2,000 multifamily units worth over $200 million. Brunson co-leads a large in-person multifamily meetup in Glendale, California called Investor to Investor ITI. Brunson is a host of the Mailbox Money Show, and he understands the investor mindset. Having spoken individually over the phone with over 1,500 investors and having raised over $40 million for real estate and his ATM machine fund deals, Brunson is the author of, of the book, Fire Yourself, Replace your working income with passive income in three years or less. Love it. And is a regular contributor to YouTube and his blog. Brunson leads an exclusive mastermind for affluent passive investors, providing unmatched investment opportunities within a growth-oriented community. Welcome to our show, my friend. Thanks, Shahid. Really excited to be here. And uh, yeah, looking forward to talking, man. I love talking about entrepreneurship and I know you're doing it. So love to talk. Yeah, no, that's awesome. A very impressive bio. Thanks. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah it's been a lot of work, You've a lot of fun, busy. a lot of challenges, a lot of getting your head up against the wall. Part of that is I have a friend who says sometimes being an entrepreneur is there's mornings you wake up and you're staring at the ceiling at two or three in the morning just thinking about <laughs> stuff at work. But yeah, it's, yeah. It's all, it all produces true. a lot of growth for sure. Mm. So speaking of challenges, can you share a specific challenge that comes to mind and how you rectified it? Yeah. So I think initially I didn't come from an entrepreneurial family. And so mm. I, I was basically, my family is mostly teachers and education and other kinds of nonprofit and other things. And so I had this mm. job where I was making good money. I was in medical device sales, making uh, about 200K a year, but I just, I wanted to have more control over my time and I wanted to leave that to be able to I love to travel. I wanted to create, like writing my book and do different things. And so I, I, my whole family was like, why would you ever leave your great job? And so I have this entrepreneurs group that I was a part of, and they were all without exception. You should pretty much leave your job as soon as possible because this is a great opportunity and it may work. It may not work, but you won't know if you don't try. And I think mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest challenges for a lot of people is really going a hundred percent and saying, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to leave the safe, secure job or like the rich dad, poor dad. He talks yeah. about that, right? Where he's leaving something that feels safe and secure to go after the unknown. But I think people, mm -hmm. entrepreneurs are geared a little different. And I think as mm -hmm. we move forward, it produces, like I said, a lot of growth and it may work or may not work, but just, I'm really glad that I, I took the risk. Yeah. Yeah. Well, welcome to the entrepreneur realm, but mindset is everything. At the end of the day, you have that mindset and you take that leap because it is a high risk. It's not easy. But if you take that step, it could be very fruitful. 
And if you don't have that mindset, you can actually get training before you even take that leap. Absolutely. No, I actually know a guy Hmm. that he was ready to leave his job. He was an engineer and he had enough income coming in through his real estate and other sort of stuff. And he wanted to leave his job, but he just, he had trouble leaving. And so he actually hired a coach to help him quit his job. Mm-hmm. And his wife said, mm-hmm. why don't you just, instead of hiring a coach, why don't you just quit your job? And he just, he needed to have that support. So sometimes we actually, yeah. we need help and we need people around us that can tell us, hey, this is okay. This is, we're so trained that you, know, you go to school, you get great good grades, and then you go get a job, yeah. pension and benefits, whatever. And so, but I, I think in general, it, it's such a, a freeing thing when you can create a business that allows you to have mm-hmm. control over your time. A lot of people want financial freedom. But really what we want is we want freedom over our time. And I think that's really, I think, the biggest thing that most people don't realize. And there are not little certainties in life besides death and taxes and inflation and things like that. But the growth happens when we're really in the arena, really applying ourselves and really giving it a shot to do what our dreams are. Mm. Yeah. And what's that programming, the environmental program begins at a very young age where we go from read, remember, repeat to a different type of way of looking at life. Now you're a producer, you're a creator. So it's completely different than just getting a job and, and following that order. I had one guest on the show before. He had said something very interesting is that nothing wrong with a routine as long as you create your own routine to to create a better future for yourself, not take on a routine that's given to you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's Mm. when you have control of your life, I talk about this in my book, fire yourself. Basically, how do you go from making money in a business or in a job to actually generating wealth outside of a business or outside of a job or taking the cash Mm. that you get and putting into things that that develop, excuse me, develop passive cash flow? Because a lot of us are in the time for money trade, right? We're in things that we, we make money. I used to work with a couple of physicians that made over $2 million each per year, but they would work 60 or 80 hours a week and they couldn't not go to work. They had to work. And to me, it's, again, I don't think of that as being freedom. I don't think as being uh, you know, financial no. freedom, but a lot of us, we have things in us that we want to do. We want to experience life a certain way. We want to travel. We want to spend time with family. We want to create. We want to do other things, causes we believe in. And if we don't have the time to do it, then we're not really able to invest in the way that we want to. So I think that's, mm. those are some things that I see having all these calls with investors or just individuals. These are things that people really want, but it's hard to get there. They say somewhere between 65 and 70% of people don't like their jobs or they're not engaged with their jobs. And so the only way to get there really is to make changes in your life to where you can start really having the freedom and the autonomy over your time and really control mm-hmm. what you're doing with your time. And so that's a key word right there. Freedom, I have these wings of freedom yeah. because, yeah, because entrepreneurs, when they go into business, a lot of people think that they're going after the money, but yes, it's that tool that people need, but it's actually the freedom at the end of the day, yeah. they just try to create the freedom, but they end up just creating another job for themselves without the yeah. proper mindset. Can you share an experience of someone like that? Very organic conversation. So is there a situation where someone has some money and they want to get out of this trap? They want to create a better future for their family. What could they do with you? Yeah, just in general, when it comes to financial freedom, I think of a guy, I I don't think you'd mind sharing his story. His name is Brad. 
and he he was a executive at a tech company and he really wanted to leave his job and he again, he had enough money in the bank and he, and he wanted to save and he just couldn't figure out okay i, I want to leave but i still have money that i need to make and so the biggest thing for a lot of people is in Wall Street, I was what's called a registered investment advisor in the US. So it stands for RIA, which means you're a licensed person. I'm no longer a registered person, but I'm what's called an RIA, a recovering investment advisor, right? So I did it for a while because I realized things like Wall Street, it's not really out there to really help people. Really, there's a misalignment of interest. There's a study that showed that people that managed over $100 million had zero, it was like over 50% had $0 invested in the funds that they were managing. <clears throat> so you've got these people managing these large amounts of money, mm. but there's no money in there. And also, if you're invested in stocks and bonds, it's very difficult to actually get cash flow. You may get appreciation someday. You may get some growth from that. But these things that are outside of Wall Street, we call them Main Street investments. They're apartment buildings. They're businesses. They're ATM machines. They're car washes. They're all different types of cash flowing type of investments. And what happens is when you invest, typically the returns are better. The risks often are lower. And the cash flow, you actually get cash flow from them, which is really great. So I think for a lot of people, it's they've never done it. Everything feels weird until you've done it or you know somebody has done it. So I tell people a lot of times to start to learn, to look at deals, to look at things that are outside of Wall Street and just analyze, get on people's deals list, maybe analyze a few deals over the next 30 days or so, and then choose one to invest in. And once somebody invests, then it's almost like a muscle you didn't know you had, right? You start to get some, you're, you're working on that muscle you didn't know that was there. So you get invested, then you start paying attention. If you're invested in something, if I'm invested in something, you'll start paying attention to how it goes. If, it, if it's doing well, if something's struggling, whatever, you'll pay attention to it. And then over time, you'll learn, you'll start to develop some cash flow. And then over time, you can start to scale it up and do more investments. So I've seen some investors that went from, I don't know what this thing is and what these alternative investments are, to all of a sudden, now I'm invested in real estate passively to where, I don't have to, I'm not really managing anything. I'm just getting statements and getting the, just as my podcast is called the mailbox money show, I'm getting passive mailbox money that I didn't really work for. And that's where it becomes magical, where it's not the time for money trade anymore. And there's this scaling up. So again, for the first thing is just getting started and then getting some confidence in it. And then people can over time start to scale up their mm. investing to where it covers their expenses. So you maybe don't have to cover your income, which could be much higher. Like for me, I was making 200K. My expenses were only about 60, 70K per year. So I just needed to cover five or $6,000 a month. And that was much more doable than trying to cover my, my entire income. So those are a couple of ways kind of people get started and help to uh, achieve financial freedom. So accredited investor or what type of investor would you be working with? Yeah. Yeah. The term accredited investor is somebody who has a certain net worth or a certain income. Yeah. Uh, some deals we work with are for accredited investors only. Some are for people that, that don't have to be accredited. There typically Good. is a net worth yeah, minimum. Yeah. Usually a net worth minimum of usually a few hundred thousand to be in any deal just because, you know, it doesn't make sense maybe for most people to put uh, $50,000 or more into a single deal unless you have a, a certain kind of minimum net worth. So we want to make sure people have some diversification or kind of involved in different things and different deals. But uh, yeah, these are, you know, typically people that, uh, you know, maybe yeah, I think of the doctor who's, you know, worth several million dollars and has only invested in stocks and owns his own medical practice and is in his fifties mm -hmm. and just, just trying to figure out how do I get my time back? If I want to leave this, how do I get this money to make money for me without me having to go to work? Mm -hmm. So with your extensive experience in multifamily real estate, how do you manage inflation 
to work in your favor when you're handling such uh, a large valued portfolio over 200 million. Yeah, it's interesting. Inflation, people think of inflation as being a bad thing, right? Inflation, and for a lot of people, it yeah. is. It's more painful at the pump. It's painful when you go to the grocery store. But there mm. is a way, as you said, you can use inflation to your advantage. And so I talk about this in the, in the book. There's actually a whole chapter about using inflation to your advantage. And really the purpose of, of how you, or the way how you do that is if you can get into assets that have an inflation hedge built in. And typically multifamily apartments, real estate in general, there is a lot of inflation hedging that is in there. So in general, if you look at a chart, if I had time to pull the chart, there's a chart in the book, it, it shows the correlation between rents and inflation, and they go hand in hand since the 1960s. They're just almost mm -hmm. in, a, in a correlated straight line with each other. So over time, we know as they create more and more currency, both in the US and Canada, they're gonna, it's rents are gonna continue to go up. So if I own the asset, then the value of that asset is over the long term going to go up. Now it will vary with interest rates and other things like that. And so that makes sense how that will work. But over the long run, that will happen. And so another way to really benefit from that in this scenario is when you use debt. So we're using, at least in the US, we're using typically only putting 20 to 30% of the total amount for the property down, and then we finance the rest. So if you're able to finance, then you're using other people's money. But let's say over the long term, the value of properties are going to go up because rents are going up. Then if I put 20% down and a value a property goes up by 20%, I haven't increased the value of my money by 20%. I've actually doubled it because it's just, I only put 20% down. So you've a 20% increase. You've basically mm. doubled the amount of your investment. So those are some th unique things. And then over time, if you can fix in kind of a longer term debt, you're basically, there's going to be a, a increase in the value over time. So you're basically using other people's money to get there. So uh, those are a couple of ways mm. to really take advantage of it. Okay, good. Thank you. Could you share or explain some details about any lesser known but legal ways a high net worth individual could cut down on their tax bills? Yeah. So at least in the U.S., I can't, I'm not, I'm not a tax professional in the U.S. or Canada, so I don't yeah. have any specific tax advice, but there are ways through, particularly through real estate or ATM machines or other investments where they offer depreciation, which means for the cost of a house, at least in the U.S., you can depreciate over 27 and a half years. There's some ways you can bring it forward to where you get this big tax write-off. So in 2023, we're seeing some deals around 80% of the amount invested. You can basically, some of those you can write off or defer that amount of invested. So it, it basically like, for example, 100K invested, there's certain deals that might be 60 to 100,000, 60 to 80,000 worth of write-offs. So if somebody has a gain somewhere else, let's say they sold a property that was 60 or 80,000, they could potentially use those depreciated losses against other passive gains. And so it is an offset, right? So if I can pay taxes mm -hmm. in the future or not pay them at all, that's going to be better. Again, there's some stipulations to that, but the depreciation is really magical because it allows you when you start investing, when you have gains, you have all this depreciation you can carry forward to future years and you can use it when you need it. So it's really, it's a pretty handy way to be able to reduce your tax basis. Mm. Great. So you had 1500 plus one-on-one -on -one conversations with investors. Any surprising insights that you've gained from these high net worth individuals when it comes to investing or wealth creation that you can share yeah. today? 
Yeah, no, I think you tapped into one about the tax savings. They're interested in saving in taxes. Mm -hmm. But a lot of times it's interesting to me that people that are wealthy, these are busy people. A lot of times I think the average net worth of people I was talking to was over $2 million. And some of them had over 10, 20, $30 million. And because we'd ask, what was your net worth? And some people would give a ballpark, but these people were interested in learning. They were really interested in having a call mm. for 20, 30 minutes to learn about our investments. And that was always, it was always interesting to me that people mm. were interested to do that, that people were not only from the investment side of, Hey, I'm going to do this to make money of those 1500 calls. We had about a 17 to 20% actually invested, right? Not everybody invested, right? So people were doing multiple calls with multiple Research. groups. And yet they were learning and researching. And so there's a quote by a motivational speaker named Brian Tracy. And he says, if you want to earn more, you have to learn more. So it's just, there's mm -hmm. a commitment from a lot of people to be able to learn. And another thing that's really interesting that Fidelity Investments did a study, you know, just within the last 10 years where they basically found that 88% of millionaires were self-made, which goes against the common mm kind of belief that, oh, people were born with a silver spoon in their mouth. These are people yeah. that have money, that always had money. If, 80, if nine out of 10 people that are millionaires today in the US were basically self-made, then mm. it means that you, anybody can learn how to Exciting do it. Anybody types. can learn how to, it is, it, it means that there's no limit. It doesn't mean that if you came for money no. or not, that doesn't matter. It's just that if you're willing to commit to the, your own process to learn and to grow your wealth, you can do it. So mm. I, I think that those are some really cool insights that came from some of those calls. Cool. Yeah, it's, uh, these ideas that we impress on our subconscious mind growing up uh, that are mostly limiting, they sometimes don't even take the step. Because I can't do that. That's just someone that has connections can do something like that. Right. It's unfortunate. And the work that you're doing, for example, it's important because it's waking people up. Wait a minute, listen. Uh, you're exactly the person that can make this happen. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And that's where too, just getting around There's a, I'm a quote guy. If you get, so I love quotes, but <laughs> it says you're the average of the five people that you spend the most mm. time with. So if you want to get to a place where you're wealthier or you're more successful or you're in a better physical shape or you increase your spirituality, you got to be around people that, that are doing those things. Mm. And so again, if I just look around or look at anybody, I say, you're probably just an average or some of all these people around you. So to me, sometimes I'll pay to be in the room with people that are yeah, mm -hmm. one, two, three, five, ten, or a hundred times ahead of where I'm at. And that really helps me to grow, helps me to learn. Yes. And a lot of times you just by getting around people like that, it's just amazing what opens up. And there could be partnerships, but a lot of it's just the knowledge, getting the knowledge and what these people know. And that's how people grow, really. Yeah, so true. And I'm, that's why I'm I'm very much blessed and grateful for this show because that's the exact type of people that I get to meet on a regular basis and build relationships. You get invited yeah. to things and it's, you learn, you're always learning the newest things because people that are going on podcast tours, they usually have something unique. So this is a pretty cool concept for that as well. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's really great. Mm -hmm. And there's the podcasts. I know a lot of people are listen to a lot of podcasts or there, you know, there are a lot of great ones out mm. there, but it's just amazing what you can learn. And it's a great way to make connections with new individuals, especially people looking for deals. You know, we have people that join our list for our investment deals. There's people that you know, look at and could join other folks deals. And again, just find out about a great events. And we do live events or meetups in the Los Angeles area where I live, but there's all kinds of amazing ways to connect with awesome individuals. So globally people can come to your events. Uh, in California? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we have a mix of events. We do a once a month kind of virtual panel that's just a free virtual event. We'll typically have 100 to 300 people or you know, 500 people show up to that. We also have an annual event that we've started in Los Angeles. It's a two and a half day event near LAX so people can just fly in. We've got people that come from all over the country and even internationally to come to be a part of that event. Uh, we do a meetup uh, the first Wednesday of the month in Glendale, California. I think you mentioned my bio. And we'll have 68, 68 80 people show up at, the, at that event, which is great. So we do a number of, of live in-person events, and then we do some, some virtual events as well. Great. I've seen that you challenged the idea about saving money. Saving money might not be the wisest strategy. Can you share your perspective on this and how it ties into building passive income and creating wealth? Yeah. So again, I'm not sure how it is in Canada. Uh, in the U.S., in the last three years, really since COVID, everything ha- it costs about 50% more. And we're seeing with you know, yeah, gas prices, with food prices, with just everything costs yeah. more. So if I just saved money, there's a saying, the confused mind will say just to wait or won't, won't take any action. And if you just sit on cash, let's say I've got $100,000 in the bank and I sit on it, the money's worth less. It's not that it's not $100,000 anymore. It's just It just buys mm-hmm. a lot less than it used to. So this is where I find personally, uh, over time, we know, as basically Sun said, there's three certainties, right? You have death, you have taxes, and you have inflation, right? You look at the, the U.S. dollar has lost 98% of its value in the last 100 years. How is that? It's just they create more and more physical dollars. There's no used to be backed by gold, or you could take your dollars in and go actually trade them in for physical gold. A lot of people don't realize that's something you used to be able to do in the 1920s. And and then they took that away where you couldn't do that. And so now we're at this fiat system where they're creating more and more currency. And so what we find really is if you can get your money, your when I say your money, your currency, your physical dollars working for you in an asset, whether that's real estate where you can, you're putting your dollars in and it pays you to hold it and maybe there's some time, type of inflation hedge there is great. Or if you're just in something that cash flows, again, you're not just sitting and waiting. And I think a lot of people are just sitting on the fence and waiting and thinking, oh, the prices are going to come down or things are going to change or whatever. And I think a lot of people are going to get left behind because there's no plan, at least in the U.S., there's no plan to stop spending. Actually, our plan now, our national debt is $32 trillion, over $32 trillion dollars. And it's expected to go up another $20 trillion in the next 10 years. And that's just what's planned. So they have planned spending to just continue to spend and spend. So as that happens, you have more currency in the system, you have more debt in the system, and it just devalues the dollars that you hold. So I'm not saying just go out immediately and go buy everything right Mm -hmm. now, but just soon. Don't wait too long. Get your money working for you in assets that pay you to hold them. And real estate, you can't just go create more real estate or more land, these things have value that always have value, right? And same with businesses that, that produce cash flow, or I also like precious metals such as gold and silver and other sorts of metals. So there's things out there that you buy and they're, they will hold their value and they will increase because they just have intrinsic value to them. Great, Brunson. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for sharing all that information. Can you share with us what you feel your innermost superpower is that got you to this point in life? <laughs> I think there, there's this thing called unique ability, a guy named Dan Sullivan, who wrote some books. One's called 10X is Easier Than 2X. Uh, it talks about unique ability, just what you do. You feel like you come alive, you feel strong, and there's never any learning there. So for me, I feel like it's a few things. One is uh, strategic thinking, strategic networking, and really uh, creating content. So I, I love the thinking strategically, working with other people, and really trying to help them grow, and then just creating, creating different things that can help people. Good. So. Awesome, Brunson. 
Thank you so much. Appreciate your time today. Keep in touch. Uh, once we launch this episode, we'll send you an email. Uh, if you can help us promote it, that will be great. And uh, if there's anything else in the future that you wanted to announce, you can come back on the show. Thanks, man. Yeah, if people want to get the first couple chapters of my book for free, they can go to bronsonequity.com and they can have a free download of the uh, first couple chapters of the book called Fire Yourself and you learn how to start developing passive income in your life. Awesome. Thank you for that share. Indeed. Appreciate you and we'll speak soon. Thank you. Thanks so much, Aiden.